All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Folks, tonight is the night. It is the night of our watch party at Greta Bar YVR. Very few tickets still remain, but there are still some tickets available for you to scoop up. Hopefully some are going to be available at the door. We're not sure if that's going to be the case, so don't, don't risk it. Don't risk it. Buy your ticket now, nationgear.ca. Tonight is the night. Harmon and I are going to be there. Doors open at 6 p.m. Tickets available now at nationgear.ca. Free swag at the door. Prizes to be won. Food and beverage specials and so much more. The event is in support of Canuck Place Children's Hospice, who I found out will be doing a raffle. Uh, raffling off some jerseys. Gonna be some good, it's gonna be a good time. We got a lot of nation gear to give away, and it's gonna be a good time. Karan saying he can't make it. Karan, we wish you could make it too. Uh, Logan Van Dyke bringing something up right off the hop that I was gonna wait till anyone else to bring up. We don't have a photo of it, so people on the podcast aren't missing out here. Noah Juleson's dad is an absolute tank. Did you see this photo, Harmon? The, 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 he's got the handlebar mustache, yeah. And the dad's photos. Oh my goodness, that dude is an absolute unit. Well, I'm no surprise. Well, honestly, it's so fitting, right? Because of course, a dad like that raises an absolute warrior who, who blocks shots. Um, like it's nothing. Like that Colorado game in the first period where he eats that Kale McCarr one timer, and then recovers moments later to get the rebound and save a goal. I mean, that takes a, a different type of toughness, and I'm not surprised that his dad is uh is a unit with uh with a dandy of a handlebar mustache 
A dandy of a handlebar mustache couldn't have said it better myself. Before we go any further, I need to tell you that today's episode of Canucks Conversation is brought to you by the 2023 Toyota BZ4X. The BZ4X is Toyota's brand new all-electric SUV that is designed to go the distance for you and your family. The BZ4X is packed with Toyota's coolest tech, but it still has that trusty SUV feel you know and love. And even though it's electric, it's capable of effortlessly conquering any terrain. Whether it's rain, snow, mud, or your friend's questionable post-game recaps, the BZ4X will get you through it all and i just got to say this again harm i am so pumped for the watch party I, you know I, I was excited before obviously but man just now that it's actually here now that it's actually happening and seeing how many people are coming seeing some of the people that are going to be there you know people we know people we haven't met yet but some names that i recognize from the youtube chat i am so pumped to meet everybody it's going to be so fun and i i still look nobody's taking me up on it yet we'll see tonight if anybody takes me up on uh arcade basketball but uh i'm excited i'm very excited and you and i are going to be there uh we are going to be <clears throat> we are going to be emceeing that event and it is going to be a lot of fun one might even say it will be electric i was gonna say i'm predicting an early exit in your arcade basketball uh tournament <laughs> there i think you're I, I know you're bold coming off uh coming off a strong regular season but i feel like you're you're the least choking early in the playoffs making Bold claims, overpaid guy, gets his big bucks, thinks he's the man. I think you're going to get taken down, to be honest. I, I don't believe in your basketball skill, skills as much as you do. What gave that away? <laughs> what makes you not believe in my <laughs> basketball skills? Would it be my height? I don't know what it could be. Anyways, um, let's let's get going here because Jeff Patterson's going to join us in about 10 minutes time. He is on the road in Seattle. And what a day for him to be there. Grady, pull up these line rushes here. Uh, Vancouver versus Seattle is tonight. Like I said, Jeff is there. Gave us some line rushes. Uh, Elias Lindholm remains on the first first line but in the top six we do see a change with Pia Suter going down to the third line with Teddy Bluger and Connor Garland and Arshdeep Baines in his second NHL game is getting that promotion that someone in the YouTube live chat brought up yesterday Harmon Arshdeep Baines is going to play with JT Miller and Brock Besser tonight yeah I'm surprised that he got that opportunity that quickly but I I, I like giving it a shot I think with Pia Suter He's generally been fine in that role. I think he started well, but has since tapered off. What stood out since the Winnipeg game for him is that even though Miller's line has been creating so many chances, feels like Suter just hasn't been able to, when he does get a chance in the slot, actually bury um, the opportunity. It just feels like scoring chance after scoring chance. Um, just I don't want to say goes to die on a stick because it hasn't been very long, but recently... He has been having um, trouble finishing. So that's what I'm looking at in terms of um, Arshdeep stepping up into that role is, yeah, I know he's mostly a playmaker, but with how hot JT Miller is lately, not only as a goal scorer, but the types of chances that he's setting up, uh, Baines is going to have to be on point with his finishing, knowing that, hey, if I get uh, an opportunity in the slot here, um, he needs to be able to decisively bury it because that's what's going to differentiate him from Suter, who otherwise... He is typically a reliable two-way player. There's nothing really wrong with him. Um, it's just that Suter wasn't really driving play, and if you're not finishing as a supporter, um, then it's worth changing up the mix there. You have to hope that JT and Brock kind of pulled Archdeep aside this morning and just said, like, hey, man, you can shoot tonight. Like, you, you don't have to always be looking for us. You always have to go for those passes because, look, we know Archdeep Baines is obviously a great playmaker, but... Yeah, there was that sequence, obviously, in his first game where would have liked to see him take a shot instead of trying to feed Brock. But we broke it down yesterday. This guy grew up a Canucks fan. He was like 16 years old when we all watched Brock Besser's uh, phenomenal rookie season. Look, 
Archie Baines wants to wants to get an assist on a Brock Besser goal. For sure he does. For sure he does. But I am hoping Archie Baines scores a goal tonight in the top six. The, the roof would come off the place. And when I say the place, I mean Greta at the watch party. It's going to be absolutely electric tonight. Uh, well, I'm, I'm very excited. I was also just going to quickly say Baines could work well with Miller in terms of how they make plays below the offensive dots. The same reason why I thought Baines would be a good fit on the third line with Garland. Um, you have two playmaker playmakers connecting your connecting there in the same way that Baines was able to set up a couple of chances for Bluger. If that's Brock Besser in that situation, then those chances might actually convert into assists as well. So um, that's the other angle of it is yeah. Baines is going to get opportunity to score, but there's also the other side of the coin where I do think given how well Miller protects the puck down low, given how well he gets his line mates involved, there's also going to be opportunities given that you already have a natural finisher and Besser uh, on that line where Bain's playmaking could, could shine as well. Thatcher Demko starts in goal for the Canucks. The other big piece of information from our pal Jeff Patterson was that the Canucks changed up their first power play unit, Harmon. The power play has been a huge topic of conversation lately, and Jeff was reporting that Elias Lindholm is off the first power play unit they're going to two defensemen with Philip Peronic. Look, when we talk about moves that we don't want to see them make to try to change up the power play, the big one that you and I have discussed a lot is don't move JT Miller off the half wall. I think right there also has to be don't put two defensemen on the power play. I just I I don't I don't love that in principle, and I haven't liked it when I've seen it for this team uh, in practice with Quinn Hughes and Philip Peronic on the first unit. Yeah, it might give them a short-term boost, but I just don't view it as a long-term fix. It's rare to find a top power play unit around the NHL uh, that excels over a consistent long-term basis with two defensemen. Not to mention, Hironik's best asset is a shot, and especially his one-timers. So where is he going to be positioned? Because if you're going to position him for his one-timers, well, that's going to be the left half wall where we kind of want to see JT Miller in that spot. So... I'm not sure if this is, again, it might give them a short-term spark, but I don't think this is going to be the long-term answer. But on the other hand, I also kind of understand that Lindholm hasn't been impactful in the power play since um, his first game in Carolina where he scored a call, where he scored a pair. Um, I can understand wanting to mix things up a little bit. Um, maybe some change is, is what you need to, uh, to get it going. But I I'm, put it this way, I'm not necessarily excited for this change. That's fair. I, I think that's a good way to put it too. And look, I get it. Like when your power play has been struggling as much as the Canucks have, you can look for those little sparks, even if you don't think it's going to be a, a long-term kind of fit. We'll see uh, what ends up happening tonight. I, I just wonder what it actually means for, you know, player positioning. Like, are you going to see uh, Brock Besser go down low? And I don't know. It, it, it could result in a few different things. And I'm interested to see what we see tonight. And like I said, we're going to be watching that game at Greta Jeff's joining us early, which is great. So we will get to Jeff who is brought to you. Actually, we got to do this first. Sorry, Jeff. Give me a sec. I'll ask Jeff for his as well, but it's time for the four wins. Light the lamp contest. Vancouver is playing Seattle tonight, and we want to know who's going to score the first goal for Vancouver. If you nail it, you could win a $25 gift card to the Four Winds Tap Room located at 72nd and River Road in Delta. Enter by following us on social media. Keep an eye out for today's show clip and comment who you think will light the lamp and score the first goal tonight. Winners will be contacted directly. Check us out at Canucks Army, at Canucks Combo on Twitter, at CanucksArmy.com on Instagram, and Canucks Army on Facebook. And make sure you ask about Four Winds Light 
light logger at your local liquor store or have some delivered to your front door through the online shop at fourwindsbrewing.ca. I'm going with Arch Deep Mains. That's my pick, Harm. Uh, Brock Besser. Brock Besser. All right, perfect time to bring him in. Jeff Patterson, uh, the man who will be hosting Rinkwide live from Seattle uh, post game. We need Jeff's pick. Do we have Jeff here, Grady? There it is. All right. Jeff, from the hotel room, who's your pick mm-hmm. to score for Vancouver first tonight? Uh, <clears throat> let's go with JT Miller. It's an easy pick just because he's riding the hot hand. He scored in back-to-back games at the hat trick the other day. Uh, I think he's going to be excited to play with Archie Baines. And uh, look, I heard you guys talking about Pia Suter. Pia Suter has been a nice fit wherever. I mean, there's just a comfort, I think, in a coaching staff knowing that they can put Pia Suter wherever, and he'll be fine on that line with Bluger and Garland. But he's gone 10 games without scoring a goal now. And so I think the thinking and the hope is that Archie Baines uh, gets this bump, gets the boost, and can deliver a lot of what Pia Suter uh, does on that line with JT Miller. And then the flip side is, like, Baines had those two incredible setups to Teddy Bluger the other night. Well, Teddy Bluger hasn't scored since the first game out of the Christmas break against Philadelphia. If you put those pucks on JT Miller's stick and in his wheelhouse, maybe there is some finish there. So uh, Archie Baines is as low-key as they come. Uh, We had a chance to talk to him after the morning skate, taking it all in stride. He admitted that, uh, yes, he noticed that uh, Jared Bednar was trying to jump the rookie the other day with the McKinnon line. uh, And he said, like, why wouldn't you? Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, he's just taking this all uh, very naturally. I asked him if more family would be coming down the I-5. Obviously, his dad uh, getting a little pub on the father's and mentor's trip. And he thought that, uh, yes, there would be more making the trek down. uh, But he wasn't sure. And he said, quite frankly, I don't want to know uh, because that's when the nerves will kick in. And just a quick uh, aside on Archie Baines, guys. It was funny because it reminded me, or I I got to thinking, that Abbotsford played a game, or played two games, actually, against Seattle's farm team here in the Emerald City last year, early, early, when the rink in Palm Springs was still being built. And so I went through game sheets, had to go back through the AHL website uh, and talk about it. This is how far a guy has come. Arshdie Baines was a healthy scratch the night that they played at Climate Pledge Arena. So he didn't get the chance to play on NHL ice then. Uh, They played another game at the Kraken's practice facility. He did play in that one, but he kind of laughed too. He's like, yeah, it was a healthy scratch. Uh, But he's not a healthy scratch tonight. He's in the top six for the Vancouver Canucks. And what an opportunity for, uh, for the young man. You reported that Philip Pronik is jumping up to the first power play unit. Do you think that's the fix that can get this man advantage back on track? I'm with you, Harm. I think in the short term, I think a change is probably good. That what they were doing hasn't been working. One for 24. Uh, complete lack of shots on goal. Quinn Hughes hasn't had a power play shot on goal in seven games. Now, he did hit the crossbar the other night, so he came close. But, uh, you know, you're seeing teams pressure up high and he doesn't have the threat of a one-time bomb to back guys off. He's got lots of other tools in that toolbox. But I, Rick Tockett talked about uh, maybe taking a page out of Edmonton's book a little bit, and I guess uh, Philip Peronik would play the role of Evan Bouchard with the bomb, and he basically talked about how Quinn Hughes can sort of operate as a forward on the power play on the left side that all of his playmaking skills, and we know how elusive he is there. So I think that's what you're going to see at least to start is that Quinn Hughes is essentially going to work on that left flank It'll be Heronic at the top of the umbrella. And somebody does have to shoot. Like, it can't just be JT Miller. And JT Miller has been shooting a bunch of the power play. But when JT Miller's shooting, that takes JT Miller, the playmaker, out of the equation as well. And so, uh, you know, I have no issues with the puck being on JT Miller's stick because uh, we've seen 
Uh, he has absolutely lit up the National Hockey League in terms of power play production over his time with the Vancouver Canucks. So I, I don't think it's the long-term play, but right here, right now, I have no issues. And I think the hope is that they're going to get Philip Ronick to unload a couple of bombs. If guys want to block them, you know, hey, full credit to them. Uh, but if guys back off, either they're shooting lanes or, you know, if the pressure comes out, move the puck quickly and hopefully you get it in the hands of somebody that can take advantage of the space that's created. So it wasn't working with Elias Lindholm and that's not a knock on Lindholm. He'll be on the second power play and, and maybe that throws a little different look into that second power play as well. The other wrinkle we saw guys in the morning skate was Elias Pedersen back into the middle. We had heard last week that Rick Tockett wanted to give Lindholm a long look at center. Apparently uh, he has seen enough there. And again, that line's been all right, but I prefer EP40 in the middle. Uh, I mean, I think that's where he's proven to to be his best. And so uh, going back to that. So lots of moving parts. There were a lot of moving parts at uh, this morning's skate this morning at Climate Pledge. Jeff, this is something you spoke with Rick talking about. I saw it on your Twitter account, but it kind of feels like with the promotions and hell, even Archdeep Baines to some extent, that the fourth line has kind of become a band of misfit toys. And, you know, obviously that's different than what they were even two weeks ago when we were seeing Niels Huglander there. Uh, What do you make of the fourth line right now? And just touch on your conversation a little bit with Rick Tockett. Yeah, I just asked him. I said, like, early in the season, you had Hoaglander down there. You had Kuzmenko when he was still here. That for a lot of this season, that fourth line has had a bit of an offensive, I don't know, profile. But they've had a guy that obviously can and, and has scored uh, lower in the lineup. They don't have that right now. The way that their fourth line was constituted the other night. Now they're going to switch PDG unavailable. So Sam Lafferty comes in. Lafferty scored the one goal in that one thing win in Buffalo. But the other night, they didn't have a guy on the fourth line that had scored since Christmas. So offense is an afterthought, but you have to be able to do other things. And one of the things that we're not seeing that we saw earlier in the season was the fourth line that could stack shifts. And even if they weren't scoring, spending time in the offensive zone, trying to wear down the other team, force them to defend, this this fourth line right now, however it's constituted, seems to spend too much time defending, uh, having trouble getting out of its own zone, giving up chances and you know again Nilsamon isn't a threat to score uh Mikheyev right now enough said we've talked about him at length uh, so you're right it is a weird sort of fit and feel on that fourth line and talk and admit it that yes it's an issue right now that and he said to go far in the playoffs you need a fourth line with an identity and I thought that was uh you know a fairly damning of the group that they've got right now that he kind of admitted that you know, they don't have much of an identity. And he said, like, can I get solid offensive shifts out of them? Can I get shifts where I know I can trust them defensively? And he kind of left it as an open-ended question in that regard right now. So uh, you've got a fourth line that's kind of just treading water and it's not as effective as it was earlier in the season. You know, let's see what happens when Dakota Joshua gets back. That will free up somebody to perhaps play a little lower in the lineup. Maybe Pia Suter ends up on that fourth line. And that would be something too, because remember how they started the season. Suter was the third line center. Bluger was the fourth line. And those two have sort of uh, switched a little bit. So uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think anybody can watch the fourth line right now and be impressed with what they've got going. Um, it's just kind of keep your fingers crossed that uh, you're not getting pinned and you're ultimately not getting scored on or taking penalties. That seems to be the, the best case scenario for a fourth line rather than a group that can get out there and change momentum. Jay Pat, the Canucks are looking to, of course, snap their three-game losing streak, the first of the season. Do you have a do-something candidate for us? And and we'll say no Ilya Mikheyev because we've uh, <laughs> spoken plenty about him. 
Yeah, usually Hart might do something, guy. Like I actually have a hope that he's going to do something, and that, <laughs> that bus has left the station right now with Mikhail. Maybe not all time. Uh, I, I think I always default to Quinn Hughes, and I just think that as the captain, as a guy that's so dynamic that can take over hockey games, uh, you know, a lot of it does start with him, whether it's five on five or on the power play. So uh, the mentors are here, the dads are here. I will, you know, I don't know if that inspires them that much more, but. Quinn Hughes uh, is all world for this hockey club. We all know what he means. And so I, I just think for me, I always look to Quinn Hughes. You know what you're getting, Thatcher Demko in goal tonight. So I think that they believe that they've got an edge in goal. It looks like Philip Grubauer is going to get the call for the Kraken, which is interesting because he's played once since December the 9th. And Joey Decord really has taken over. And so maybe the Canucks get a little bit of a break and they're seeing the backup here in Seattle and a guy that just hasn't played very much. But this absolutely blew my mind. I don't know if it will yours or the viewers and the listeners, but as I was doing my research for this game and I was going through the Kraken and the way that they had played and they had a nine game win streak that kind of got them back in the playoff conversation since December the 12th. And I get it. That's an arbitrary date, but since December the 12th, no team in the national hockey league has allowed fewer goals than the Seattle Kraken. So you may think like, all right, you know, the, Goofy game in Minnesota and followed up by tough one against Colorado. Well, we said this was a sneaky, tough road trip all along. Kraken are going to be hungry and motivated. They're there knocking on the door for the playoff spot that they had last year. And like that just kind of blew my mind. Like when you think of the Winnipeg Jets and all those numbers around them and how little they give up since December the 12th, nobody has been stingier defensively than the Seattle Kraken. So right there, uh, you know uh, how they're having whatever success they're having. And you know that the Canucks are going to have to be prepared probably to grind yet again. And so, you know, I I think the Canucks feel pretty good about the way they played in Colorado, obviously a little bit better finish. And JT Miller talked about, like he laughed when it was presented to him that three games, you know, represents a crisis now. And he said like in this room, you know, we're guarding against any kind of talk like that, that we know uh, how well we've played all season long and we understand who we are. We're comfortable with the way that we played the other night. It's just about burying some chances when you get them. But if people think this is going to be the easy game of the three on this three games and four-night road trip, I'll think again because the Kraken for the last couple of months uh, have not given up much of anything. Jeff, quietly a opponent that I don't think the Canucks would want to meet in round one. Obviously, we know what happened with the Colorado Avalanche and the Seattle Kraken last season. Uh, with the with the three-game skid that the Canucks are on. I don't even want to call it a skid. Uh, it just kind of feels like it's just not as big of a story as it would be if it was maybe the start of the year or just that this team has bought themselves enough goodwill. We broke it down yesterday. There were seven uh, three-game losing streaks last season. This is obviously the first one. You know, what, what do you make of all of this? And is it just kind of, is it, is it just a blip on the radar? I, I mean, this, obviously the power play is a story right now. To me, that's the bigger story than three straight losses. Like I stand up and applaud the Canucks to get to 58 games on their schedule without three consecutive losses. Like, come on. I've covered this team for close to 25 years. I've seen a lot of three-game losing streaks that have turned into six games and seven. So you, you hope that like, that's the danger, I suppose. And you got Boston uh, sitting there. Well, they're not waiting because they play in Calgary before they get but Saturday, uh, you know, and hopefully nobody's looking past the Seattle team to Boston on Saturday. Uh, I, I think for me, like they played well enough against Winnipeg five on five. Uh, again, they had a power play in the third period at two, two, and they didn't convert. And then the jets pulled away and they got the goals they needed. Uh, I, I throw the third period in Minnesota out as an outlier. Like 
and and I agree with Rick Tockett. Like they did a lot of good to build a five-two lead, as crazy as it sounds, giving up ten. But five on five, they did a lot of good against Minnesota. And I love the way they played the other night against Colorado. Like straight up, uh, you get a power play with six minutes to go, put the hammer down and tie that game. And they didn't. And so uh, really very few issues. In fact, I, I think you could look at the last three games and just on the way that they've played uh, suggest that this is a pretty decent stretch that there have been dips in their performance along the way. Um, and if they play the way they did in Colorado against the Seattle team tonight, I like their chances. That doesn't mean they're, they're going to win. But I think that to your point, Dave, like remember last year, they lost the first three games of the year and that became four, became five, six, and ultimately seven. And I mean, jerseys are getting thrown on the ice. People are wondering, are they ever going to win? And that's where the big difference to me is early in the season. You do wonder like, is this who we are as a team? If you're losing three in a row, you go 55 games without losing three straight. I think you can compartmentalize and allow yourself to exhale and say, we know who we are as a team. This kind of stuff happens over the course of a long season. So uh, I'm not concerned for the Vancouver Canucks. They're still going to be a playoff team. You know, are they inviting some company back at the top? I mean, they've dropped below Florida and Boston now in terms of points percentage. Again, I don't know how much people really even want them to be President's Trophy winners. So it is more be mindful of, uh, you know, those teams at the top of the West and certainly in the Pacific Division. But uh, for all the good that they've done this year, uh, I give them a pass on three games. Now, if it gets to five and teams are starting to creep up on them, that's a different issue. And we know, like, they come off the road here. They got Boston, they got Pittsburgh, they got Los Angeles for the first time next week. Like, you know, find me the easy game there. Uh, it's not a trick question, but really the answer is there isn't one. So, you know, they're just going to have to up their level, finish their chances, and man, a couple of power play goals here or there, I think would uh, go a long way to helping the cause right now. Jeff, who's co-hosting Rinkwide with you tonight? And please don't say me. I really hope I didn't forget once again that I'm co-hosting Rinkwide with you. Well, I think you're going to be free to do it because uh, just to bring the conversation full circle here, right off the top when I, I, I saw you guys talking, like I'm with harm. Like I, I just, I, and I haven't seen your arcade basketball skills with my own two eyes, <laughs> but you strike me very much as like a five seed in the NCAA tournament <laughs> that is just ripe for the picking by a 12 seed. And you're going to peacock in there thinking that you're all that. And you're just going to like throw up bricks and somebody's just going to like, I mean, they won't dunk on you because nobody's got arms long enough to dunk in arcade basketball. But uh, yeah, I, I just think that you are ripe for the massive upset. That's just my take on that. So, uh, you know, until I see uh, you play <laughs> arcade basketball. And, and look, I'd love to be there at the watch party. I'm, I'm excited to be here at the first time uh, at Climate Pledge to see a, an NHL game. I, used to call games in the Western Hockey League when it was key arena, but obviously they uh, blew the, the the bones off this thing and built it from the ground up and was in there for the morning skate. Uh, it's a spectacular looking facility, and I'm sure lots of uh, the viewers and listeners have already had the chance to get down here and see an NHL game. So I'm excited to see, uh, would love to see this rivalry crank up uh, a notch or two. I don't know if that's going to happen tonight. And this is it for the season series. That's the other thing. Like Seattle only made the one visit to Vancouver in November. So it's hard to build a rivalry when you only get the one look at a, a geographic uh, opponent like that. Um, but two games here, they've split their two games, each winning in the other team's building. And let's see if the Canucks have enough to uh, bump the slump here and get a win before they head on home. 
Good stuff as always. I'm sure there'll be video posted of my arcade basketball skills. So, Oh, to answer your question, Farhan. Farhan Lalji, who isn't here in attendance, uh, he's got uh, an assignment. He's got a flight to catch early tomorrow morning. So uh, he thought about coming down, but uh, he will join me remotely. But uh, as it was on Tuesday, it'll be Farhan from TSN. So looking forward to getting his thoughts on this one after the game. And guys, uh, enjoy yourself. Sounds like fun. And hopefully uh, we can find a way to get me to the next watch party whenever, wherever. Absolutely. Good stuff, Jeff. Thanks so much for doing this. All right, guys. That is Jeff Patterson. You can check him out post-game on Rinkwide Vancouver, wherever you get your podcast. And as he said, Farhan Lalji is going to be his co-host tonight. And it's going to be a good episode. It's always a good episode over on Rinkwide Vancouver. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Before we move on to anyone else, let's make this an extended anyone else segment. So get your anyone else's in early, folks. I need to tell you about a sponsor of ours, HSBC World Rugby Sevens. Western Canada's largest sporting event this year is the ninth time the event has visited Vancouver as part of the World Rugby Sevens series. This weekend, coming up this weekend, all weekend long, BC Place is going to be the place to be and it is going to be bumping you can get tickets at van7s.com starting from just $40 per day and if you want to go we've got a four pack of tickets for the entire weekend to give away text hashtag sevens that's s-e-v-e-n-s to 778-402-9680 for your chance to win this is the final week that we will be giving away a four pack to the event text hashtag sevens to 778-402-9680 all right harm time for anyone else it's time for anyone else presented by DoorDash. It's our listener's chance to get involved and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. And it's also our listener's chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to, subject to change terms apply. Ordering is easier, is easy, much easier than this ad read. Just open the DoorDash <laughs> app, choose what you want from where, where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the default contactless delivery setting. Crushed it. 
Crushed it. You're you're warming up for your MC in tonight at the uh, watch party. All right. Anyone else? This one from Lefty all around. I, for one, am totally excited to get Lindholm off power play one. Harm, how much of the power play's lack of success has been on the back of Elias Lindholm? Well, I don't think they found a great way to utilize him, to be totally honest. I don't think he's been overly involved for good or for bad, but considering the whole point of of a power play is that you have one extra player. It's clear that, that they haven't been able to utilize the advantage, the advantage of having uh, Lindholm as an extra player. But on the other hand, it's not like he's been killing plays that plays are dying on his offensive stick, yeah. that he's turning pucks over. I don't think getting him off the unit is like an automatic that we're, we're immediately going to get this right type thing. Uh, but yeah, they weren't able to find the right role and fit for him early on. Uh, and I am sort of intrigued to see what J-Pat was mentioning. Um, Heronic at the top and Quinn Hughes maybe freelancing as more of a forward on, on one of the flanks. I Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't hate it because I was just picturing as a possibility Heronic on the left flank just firing bombs from <laughs> distance, which don't know if I love that approach, but this, this might be an interesting uh, wrinkle. We'll see how it goes tonight. And folks, there's going to be trivia in the intermission of the uh, watch party. And Harmon, you had something else to say. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly jump in and make a couple more points about the Seattle game. So first, rest-wise, I think it's interesting to point out Seattle's only played one game in their last six, in their last six days. Just one game. So they're going to be really fresh. They've, they've only played five games in all of February. Whereas you compare it to the Canucks, they've played. this is going to be their third game in four nights and their eighth game in 13 days. So there's a serious rest differential there, which I think, again, um, highlights just how much that even though Seattle isn't uh, very high up the standings, that it is going to be a difficult um, matchup. The other point I wanted to make is I think the Canucks top players are going to have to be difference makers in this one because you look at Seattle's bottom six, and I think they have the clear advantage. Um, That's been really the hallmark of that Seattle team, how they beat Colorado in the playoffs was uh, lines three and four aren't typical third and fourth lines. I mean, you look at the third line on paper right now, it's Yanni Gord, uh, Tolvanen, and Oliver, Oliver Bjorkstrand, who's, uh, who's an all-star. Uh, their fourth line has Tomas uh, Tatar, uh, Ty Cartier, and Brandon Tanev. That's a way better fourth line than the Canucks can ice. But the flip side of that equation is Seattle doesn't have the star power that Vancouver does. Right, Jared mm-hmm. McCann leads them with 41 points. Well, the Canucks have five players who have more points than that and would lead Seattle in scoring. So to me, it's going to have to be Vancouver's star talent. Um, even when you look at Thatcher Demko in net versus Philip Grubauer, that puts them over the top in this game. Yeah, Travis Wall jumping in here about PP1 when we were talking about Lindholm. He said, yeah, they need some practice time with Lindholm, but I don't think he's the problem. Need more movement and crisper passes we've got a few more in here as well uh this one from jeremy lee i'll pose this to you harm are the canucks getting figured out or is it the war of attrition of 82 games finally catching up i don't think it's either i i just think it's a a blip on the radar i'm not too worried about it i I do think that there is something to the idea that when teams see that the canucks are this high up the western conference standings that there's a different level of respect that opponents have a different um, level of preparation, pre-scouting mentality and mindset, because I guarantee you when opponents came to visit the Canucks last season or at the start of this season, 
nobody really took them seriously. And when teams don't take you seriously, um, it, again, players might, if, if they're visiting Vancouver, they might be going out on the road the night before. It's just totally like a different thing. And I, I remember having conversations um, like this with um, an NHL executive out East, for example, when I was talking to him because he watches a lot of the Buffalo Sabres, I was like, why has Buffalo been such a disappointment this year? And one of the points he brought up was, well, last year, Buffalo just took everybody by surprise because nobody took them seriously. But this year, everybody knew how much hype was on Buffalo. So people were, teams were pre-scouting Buffalo a lot differently. They were actually taking them seriously. And that meant each game was that much more difficult. And I think that's something that the Canucks are going to have to be mindful of um, through the second half is they have a target on their back. Now the Winnipeg game is a perfect example where the physicality ramps up. Um, the officiating might not always go in your favor. Um, it is going to become more difficult, especially because as Frank noted, especially for good teams, the closer you get to end of February, March, ramping up towards the playoffs, teams are getting dialed in defensively. Teams aren't um, turning pucks over as much. Teams aren't as careless with their structure. It's harder to win games at this point in the season. But beyond that aspect and getting the special teams back on track, I'm not really worried about uh, this little rough patch. Yeah, absolutely. And look, just you bring up games late in the season. And on the flip side of it, if you're at the bottom of the standings, teams aren't playing you very hard. And it feels like that's kind of how teams brought, that's how teams played the Canucks to start this year. And obviously things are very, very different now. I also want to plug uh, Dave's Dave Hall's uh, Canucks prospect ranking is the 2024 midterm prospect ranking that's out now on CanucksArmy.com. Uh, we we're just going through the top ten right now. He did Cole McWard and Cole McWard, you know, uh, coming in late last season kind of made me think about these late games and how these late games that we're about to witness down the stretch here are going to be totally different than any we've seen hell for the past you know. 10 years it feels like it's going to be a very very different style of hockey that we're going to see like you said a lot cleaner uh teams are going to be ready to jump on mistakes okay this one from karan and uh well, we're going to wrap up pretty early here it doesn't look like we have a lot more in the chat uh this actually i got my baseball stuff grady i'm gonna give you a chance get the oh, no. get the baseball the baseball photos of the fanatics jerseys get those in the get those ready those are coming okay up. fanatics it. if it's fanatics i'm, I'm and, ready for that did you see the the nutty pants? Did you see those, Harm? Did anybody send those to you? No. Grady, I have another Do task. Do I want to see them? Grady, find the picture of the San Francisco Giants player wearing the pants. Um, you'll know you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, they're in the they're in the work tape, Grady. They're in the work tape. But you, yeah, just find the find the nutty photo. Um, okay, Karan. Karan asked this, Harm, and this one's for you. Is there a puck moving D man on the market you guys want the Canucks to target? It's a good question. I haven't done a ton of research into depth, depth defensemen yet. Uh, I'm just trying to look at what the Canucks have on the back end right now and picturing potential fit. I think you definitely need it to be a righty because you're already stacked on the left side and we haven't even accounted for Carson Susie's return yet. So it would have to be a righty. I don't know. Like the the Canucks are in, in, in an interesting spot where, I'm looking at their blue line when healthy. I don't think they need somebody in their sort of top six, because let's put it this way, right? When Susie comes back, you're going to have Hughes, Heronic, Cole, Myers, Zadorov, and Susie. That's already six. So you're already looking at a situation where Noah Juleson's out of lineup. 
So if you bring in another player, that player would have to be better than, let's say, Tyler Myers, because mm-hmm. that player would have to be coming in for a Myers or a Zadorov or a Cole. Now, that's when you get into the territory of like a Sean Walker. Uh, I think he'd be a decent fit or a Chris Tanev. But the acquisition cost for those guys is so expensive. And I don't think the Canucks need that type of piece um, right now. So when, I, when, I, when we talk about depth to the blue line, you might be looking at more so insurance, like seven, eight type defensemen um, accounting for a deep playoff run and the injuries you might run into. And when we're getting that into the weeds about players that you're not even looking at in a top six role, I don't have a list of targets that jumps out um, to my head immediately. Uh, but I do think just going through the exercise, the Canucks are in an interesting spot with the, with the back end where um the 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 minimum bar to enter and be a playing member of a healthy Canucks top six is a lot higher than it used to be. Like you're gonna have to leapfrog again Nikita Zadorov or Tyler Myers at this point. And I I just don't think it's worth paying the premium price to acquire one of those guys. Um, you're more just looking at cheap cheap depth. Harmon, I want to pivot a little bit. How much better does this team's blue line get when Carson Susi returns? Oh, it's massive. I I think there's a level of uh, comfort when he plays as a combination of his defensive reach, how he defends the rush, uh, even in zone when the Canucks are defending the cycle. He not only has a size and the physicality physicality to be able to win battles, but he's a smart defender positionally. And I think that matters because sometimes you'll have these large uh, physical defensemen uh, where teams look at them and go, that guy is going to be break, is going to break up the cycle. He's going to be good defensively. But then you watch him play, and you're like, his reads aren't on point at all. But Susi, he's a genuinely smart player outside of his size, outside of the physical attributes. So when you combine that with his puck skills on breakouts, making simple outlet passes, uh, being more poised with the puck than I expected, um, it's such a two-way asset uh, to be able to add to this team plus the penalty kill impact. Um, he's been, I've really, really loved his impact when he's been healthy. All right. Uh, Grady needs a second. So I'm just going to preface what I want to talk about. It was the Fanatics pants. And we brought this up recently. The Fanatics jerseys that have been in Major League Baseball and spring training, all that starting. So we're starting to see it. They are selling for $400. You remember when you asked me, Harm? You were like, wait, are they really oh selling God. for four? They are selling for like, Canadian. I okay. This this jersey behind me, this Julio Rodriguez jersey behind me. And for those in the podcast, I'm pointing at a Julio Rodriguez jersey behind me. That thing cost me like 150 US. Like it's a real authentic jersey, like from the Mariners team store, 150 US. Hockey jerseys are like 300, right? These new fanatics ones, which look awful, are selling for 400 they're being listed at 400 i i didn't believe it like i thought it was i thought i was looking at something incorrect but like no the official gear now the official jerseys are 400 dollars. and i'm like who is buying these who who is buying these new jerseys and i I, i'm stunned I'm, i'm i'm stunned but you can still buy last year's jerseys like you can still buy those those are the main ones on the mlb site it's just that the the new ones have started to show up 
And that's what people are like looking at is they're like, okay, when these are widely available and they're the dominant Jersey that you're going to be buying, this is what it's going to cost. It's going to cost a lot of money. And look, I just, I I'm, I'm stunned. First of all, and Grady's got the photo here. These, these pants are see-through Harmon. This is what I was trying to explain to you. The pants are see-through. So do you have the photo of the giants player, uh, Grady? Cause yeah, yeah. Harm, Harm, can we get, can we get a zoom in there? Grady on uh, Casey Schmidt there on his on his pants so oh nobody no wants nobody wants to see this you can take it off the screen oh, Grady. No. You can take it off the screen now people saw what they needed to see this is the quality that we're dealing with and i don't know if we have this photo but michael chavis post michael chavis player for the seattle mariners posted a photo of the jerseys in his stall and someone took that picture of michael chavis's instagram story an mlb player and they posted it on twitter and the Fanatics account replied to it and said, uh-oh, looks like we got that one wrong. Can you please DM us for more information? <laughs> Do an official picture of an MLB player taking a picture of the jersey in their stall. Like I said, they weren't replying to the player, but they were replying to a photo of a player's jersey that was supplied to the player. This wasn't just some person ordering a jersey and it looks off. Like, And, and again, I don't know if we have the photo, but... Um, it's wild. It's absolutely wild that this is happening. Uh, and like I said, the reason I keep bringing this up, I don't, it's not baseball talk. And look, I love this. I love this. A lot of people in the chat, uh, are liking this. It's not baseball talk. It's not baseball talk. It's, uh, why does, why is Casey Smith still on the, on the screen, Grady? Take Casey Schmidt off the screen. <laughs> um, it's not baseball talk. It's fanatics talk. And of course, like I said, last time I brought it up, it is relevant because Fanatics is going to be the jersey supplier and manufacturer of all NHL jerseys starting next season. Uh, and they were just the manufacturer of these jerseys. Nike designed these jerseys, uh, but Fanatics designed the, or excuse me, Ma Fanatics manufactured them. And look, we're going to keep an eye on it. I don't know what's going to happen. That, like, that Casey Schmidt picture, that just can't happen. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing? DH gate sales are going to go through the roof. <laughs> oh, DH gates, the new official supplier of major league baseball jerseys at this rate. My goodness. Anyways, Karan can't wait for the JT Miller crotch shot. <laughs> oh, and for those on the podcast, I'll just say it. The photo of Casey Schmidt, he's sitting with his legs open and he's wearing pants, but you can see an outline. And also, yeah, look at this Michael Chavis Jersey. Uh, you can see an outline of his nether regions and it just, it's unbelievable. Can't happen. Uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, Michael Chavis, the jerseys posted, and Fanatic support replies said, "Looks like we dropped the ball on this one. Send me a DM so I can learn more about this." And for those that don't know, this has been called out many times. When Fanatic screws up a jersey, which is often, they send you a thirty percent off coupon. Like Wyatt had a really funny story with him, and we'll maybe tell Wyatt to retell his story. But yeah, just unbelievable the lack of quality on these jerseys and. It too too funny that we saw uh, saw them replying to a photo of an actual player's jersey and saying, "Looks like we got this one wrong. We got to figure this one out." And anyways, I just, just feel bad for whoever that. has to do customer service. Some poor yeah. like intern or somebody that's not paid a lot. Uh, you immediately you respond and just imagine all the hate notifications and, and mentions going wild the way that was worded though it almost looked like it was like an autobot setup reply <laughs> because yeah but if it was a human doing that like you would pick up on it like okay we need to actually go through the mlb pr team and do this the right way 
not if it's a not super bright human. Like, I think that's a pretty easy. I mean, it is fanatic, so who knows? Like, I think it's a pretty easy error to make. But anyways, you're probably um, responding to like you're probably responding to like hundreds of those a day, considering their um, error rate. So. Yeah. It's easy to, I think, gloss over that, especially because it's not like the player himself tweeted it. So. Yeah, exactly. they do have chat bots that are still ran by a human that like auto replies, and it just that's yes. why you see their name there. So that's my guess. At least one of my old jobs, we had that set up. So who knows? Oh, I still bad luck it's, regardless. It's too funny. It's too funny. Anyways, okay, we're gonna wrap it up with baseball talk. Let's get to our betway bet of the day as we wrap up a little bit early here. Uh, our betway bet of the day is brought to you by you guessed it, betway. Now, I didn't pick Archie Baines to score, but I did pick the Vancouver Canucks to win at our watch party tonight. A $10 bet at minus 130 odds returns you $17.69 over at Betway. Must be nice plus play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. It's going to be really good. It's going to be it's going to be a good time. Going to be a really good time at the watch party tonight. Looking forward to seeing all of you folks. Uh, for my co-host, Harmon Dial, who is also looking forward to seeing all of you. And our technical producer, Grady Sass, who is also looking forward to seeing all of you. My name is Dave Guadrelli, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of you. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Canucks Conversation with Harmon and Quads brought to you by the Toyota BZ4X. The BZ4X is fresh look is just an added bonus to its range since you can drive up to 406 kilometers on a single charge. That's enough to get you from Kitsilano to Whistler or Kamloops to Kelowna and back and still be home in time for the game. Now that's what we'd call electric the best part by choosing electric you can get up to eleven thousand dollars in rebates and incentives the bz4x are in stock and selling quickly so make sure to visit shoptoyota.ca or your local pacific toyota dealer to get your hands on one canucks conversation is live monday through friday every weekday at 2 p.m over on the canucks army youtube channel make sure you like subscribe and interact in the youtube live chat every day with us folks Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 